Hey, hey, hey. First podcast of 2020. January 1st, 2020. It's the Buddy's owners, Arizona Schnoodle Walks. And Bud is ready to go on this New Year's Day morning. And we're in Arizona, and the skies are blue. The sun is up. It's 45 degrees Fahrenheit, a little bit chilly. And Oma is here, and she desires to depart in a bit. And uh, we shall cover that in a moment. So we're going to do a walk here. And... uh, Get Bud walked. So, yeah, it's another day. The sun is in the sky. Blue, and what are we talking about? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The headline. Iran. Iran. There's something going on in Iran. Embassy something. So here I am in Arizona, a beautiful, ah, deep breath morning. And I don't know if we really realize how much news influences us. And, uh, you know, it's never ends. The news cycle never ends. <laughs> And is, there, is this a new comment? You've heard this before. So I'm just repeating, or I don't know if it's repeating. I'm just having an observation that I'm sure 7 billion other people have also observed. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I look at this article or the headline and uh, it's like it's like a defiant statement. It's like, Iran has a picture of this, some dude that looks like an Iranian, a bearded dude. Probably the, I don't know, was it Ayatollah Khomeini or some one of these leaders in Iran? And what is Iran? It's just kind of like another East Germany, you know, a restricted culture, a restricted, uh, restricted environment. Hey, Happy New Year. What's up? You going to go work out? Later today. All right. Shake the cobwebs out. All right. You got your Eagles gear. You're fired up. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the neighbor. Have a little chat. How how close are we? How how uh, socially loving are we as a people? I don't know. Am I been loving enough to that neighbor? That's a that's a big shift from Ayatollah Khomeini, Iran, to my neighbor. Maybe that's deeply philosophical, though, right? That's what you get with these podcasts. They're just Regular life, walking the dog <laughs> in the neighborhood, 
and yeah so there's there's I, I i've mentioned this attribution bias which is when you take you take any piece of information and uh, you can like attribute the worst possible um thoughts to it or you can attribute you know decent thoughts to it so i've got this kind of like weird feud going with a guy in chicago and i must have pushed his buttons because i this is what when people push my buttons too i get i do this maybe you do this too it's like you know you don't even know me it's like social media right and it's like you don't even know me right that's the old it's a great defense and it kind of summarizes the frustration of you know someone saying something on social media and they're putting you in a box and you're like you don't want to be in the box that they're putting you in if that's what frameworks frameworks kind of do that and uh, so you don't want to be in that box so then you're like well you don't eat you you just put me in this box you don't even know me you know you don't know me right so uh i sense what which way this person's leaning and we don't really know each other and i'm like okay fine you're right i don't know exactly what you're thinking and yet you've never answered the question over two month period about you know the if you can see the inconsistency in this rob bell character right i know he he thinks a lot of this rob bell guy and i do too but he's got one fundamental problem with his consistency and he, i'm sure he probably denies it the rob bell problem doesn't denies it but on the other hand i'm like i don't see how he can avoid it and maybe i should just let it go i mean i'm kind of i don't know if i'm letting it go it's it's still there but um it has to do with like he's got a book love wins everybody's going to heaven you know god loves everybody there's jesus has no us and them and yet he does a whole podcast about ripping on the president i'm like well what what's the purpose of that dude i mean you got a pretty good message spiritually about how we should love one another too and love wins and yet you take a whole hour and this is like after like less than i don't know six months ago his own son you know he, he was surprised that his son had things figured out correctly that the Mueller report was a bunch of bs right and his own son was like saying yeah i knew this was bs for a couple years this is rob bell's own son right so he kind of chuckled laughed had his son on the podcast i'm like okay well maybe rob gets it maybe he realizes this politics crap is just a bunch of crap so just like this morning i read this iran says that trump can't do a damn thing about it man <laughs> Yeah, Trump can't do it. So, so how do you how do we respond to that headline? Well, it depends on what your attribution bias is. So, to me, that's like a perfect 
face of attribution bias. So if you hate Trump and you think he's the biggest dickhead and jerk ever to walk the planet, then you would say stuff like, yeah, that's right. That's right, man. Trump can't do a damn thing about it. He thinks he's so powerful. He thinks he's so freaking, you know, he thinks he's king of the world. Yeah, that's Trump, man. I'm attributing that he's just, I've already, you know, it confirms my bias too. That's the other one, confirmation bias. I've always thought that guy was a total dickhead. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, one way to look at it. And the other way to look at it is to attribute good things to, to the situation. Just go, oh, okay. So the leader of Iran doesn't think Trump can do a damn thing about it. Whatever that is. I don't know. I don't even want to. It's just a headline, right? So uh, another way is just to go, oh, well, okay. Maybe, maybe Trump can't do a damn thing about it. Yeah. Okay. So, so what? Maybe he doesn't want to do anything about it. Does he have to do something about it? Does, does Trump have to do something about it? Or maybe he's like, you know what? You like 40, 50, 60 million people in Iran or whatever, you're screwed. Your government sucks. It's kind of like East Germany. 13 million people held captive by the Russians, right? So Reagan didn't do anything about it. He didn't like send troops in there and try to free the East Germans. He just said, hey, Gorbachev, tear down the wall, man. And a lot of other things happened. A lot of things were happening. It wasn't just because of Reagan. As our German friends like to remind us, oh, no, it wasn't. It was Gorbachev who really did it all. Yeah. And to some extent, who cares whether it was Reagan or combination of Reagan and Gorbachev? It happened. So the people are free. They're free. free. Isn't it wonderful? 13 million East Germans went through 45 years of crazy government. And now they're free. And so Iran, whatever millions of people live there, it's a country. And it's not, what is it, 40 million, 50? I don't you know. There's 7 billion people on the planet. And the guys hanging, what, what that headline really shows, it tells us more about the Iranian leadership than it does about Trump. Because in many ways, Trump probably doesn't care. That's what I'm saying. It's like, what are you attributing? What are you going to attribute to that headline? Are you going to go with your confirmation bias that you hate the guy and just think of it like this is, oh, yeah, Trump can't do a damn thing about it. Impeach that guy. He needs to be impeached. He thinks he's king. Blah, blah, blah. So that's all attribution bias, confirmation bias. And there's no... I, I, I mean, I'll, you, just as equally, you can choose to think, eh, okay, Iran's pissed off. There's something going on with the embassy. I don't know. Hopefully nobody's dead. Hopefully nobody got killed or anything. But I'm sitting in Arizona in the sunshine. The sky's blue. I'm on the same planet. And I'm just thankful that I don't have to live in that ground. Now, am I obligated? Am I is someone virtue signaling to me? That, oh, no, you got to step up, man. You got to. It's like, no. It's not mine to do, as uh, 
what is it it's mine to do? I got to put my blinders on. As Rob Bell says, put your blinders on. You know, so it's going to be done better. I mean, even Rob Bell can be done better. Can stay out of the politics, man. Rise above the politics, Rob. And in practicality, we all do rise above the politics. Like <laughs> Trump has little influence on me right now, right? I would think. I don't know. But someone will probably tell me, like, oh no, he's got a huge influence on you, man. He just, you know, and is that influence good or bad? Oh, it's a bad influence. So you gotta stop that. So I, I don't know. I'm not convinced. It's, we've lived through the opposite for eight years, and we survived. I think. Let's see. Ah, I'm breathing, and ooh, the sky is still blue, and we survived the. Uh, we survived eight years. I think we can survive eight years of Trump, too. And I don't know. I kind of hope. I don't know what's going to happen. I think it's better to keep things are going pretty good right now. And yet there's always people whining and complaining. And uh, seeing things negatively. Buzzkill. What a great phrase. The person is such a buzzkill. I hope I'm not a buzzkill. I don't want to be a buzzkill. I think in general, I think I do have positivity. Right? So, it's New Year's Day, January 1st. Majority of people are just chilling. And they're like, ah, got to go to work back on next Monday. Eh. What would say the first on Wednesday? So, I mean, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. People go back to work on the sixth. Yeah. So people are spending time with family. You're probably spending time with family. I'm spending time with family right now. Bud, my wife, Oma. I got to get Bud back because Oma wants to. She's a super lasik bench. That's uh, very super lasik. Dedicated, efficient worker bee. Oma is going to be 80 this month. <laughs> Do we not love the 80, 90 year olds? Raise a glass. Yeah. Yeah. Give it. Hey, Katie. Hey, Happy New Year. Katie's here. Raise a glass. Yeah. Yeah. My Rob Bell imitation. Good dude. But black slice again. We all got a black slice. Well, you know. And we probably prefer not to think about our black slice. So if I was sitting in the back house with Rob, I'd be like, hey, dude, so um, let's see. We did a, We had Trace, and your son, and he kind of proved, showed, demonstrated that a rational person could think that this whole Mueller report is a bunch of BS and that Russians didn't have any influence on the election other than to help create a phony dossier paid for by Hillary Clinton, which people conveniently forget. Because if you want to attribute bias, confirmation bias, you just ignore those things. And my friend talked about, oh, you know, subversiveness of Jesus and politics. I'm like, yeah, that's great. I'm down with that. We can agree on that. So just let the election results 
ride. But no, for four years, people have been bitching about the situation about it. And the people that vote in a certain way have to like defend it. And it's like, why are we defending it? We don't need to. It just happened. Just deal with it. So, yeah, black slices, back in the black house. Love wins. Everyone's going to heaven. Um, <laughs> you got to be in on the joke. Be in on the joke is that Trump's awesome. Jesus loves Trump. Jesus loves Hillary. But she just can't be president. So it doesn't mean Jesus doesn't love her. <laughs> I know. Jesus. Is that Jesus or Jesus? Jesus. Could be a difference, depending on your viewpoint. And, yeah, what else? I read this morning. I was thinking about the Earth being flat, right? So there's the theory that the Earth is flat. And then it turns, if you Google it up, you'll find out that I think it's the 4th, 5th BC, century BC. I'm we're talking a long time ago. People had concepts that the earth was round. Okay. So you Google that, you see over time from the 5th century BC uh, through the 1500s with Copernicus. So you have the concept of the earth being round, and a lot of people thought it was flat. So you probably heard that story like, well, people used to think the earth was flat. You know, oh, and some people still think it's a flat earth, flat earth, you know. And and scientifically, we know now it's definitely round. But I was trying to remember Copernicus, right? And I seem to remember a story about Copernicus. And what's the difference? What is, what, how did, because people thought the Earth was round for a long time, and there was probably less and less dispute about that over time, that, uh, that what was Copernicus up to? Well, he was saying that not just that the earth was round, but that we are orbiting the sun, not the other way around. Now that's a complex, that's also a complex uh, viewpoint. And it's the changing of perspective or framework, if I use that language. It's a different framework with the sun. I know, I feel, I actually feel the sun. It feels good right now, at this moment. The same sun that Copernicus observed 500 years ago and people have for all time but that's called the heliocentric model where we rotate about orbit the sun and even martin luther was funny he um, said that he didn't believe it you know he's like the bible's sola scriptura is not perfect right because um luther was saying like oh well the Bible says that, you know, in Joshua, that he said that had the sun stand, stand still. You know. And so Luther being kind of a, no, he wasn't perfect. His black slice, he had some black slices, right? And that's the beautiful thing about it. When we talk about historical figures, we kind of, yeah, we want to pick out the good things because people are contributing good things, but we don't have the full picture, right? So here's Luther, who I, th I think is one of the most ironic statements of all time, but I, I haven't heard anyone <laughs> talk about it. But, you know, if these attributions are true, that he kind of said something about Copernicus that was like, 
Oh, yeah. These scientists. They always have to come up with some new idea. They can't just keep going with the same thing, you know. They have to, they have to invent these theories about heliocentricity, you know. And so, basically, Luther was blowing it off. And Copernicus led to Galileo after Luther's death. And, and now we know the rest of the story that Luther was wrong about that. That he held to sola scriptura. And is there a danger with the six sola that we uh, hold on to the six sola? I don't think so, because that's that's better. It's better than sola scriptura, because sola scriptura is, you know, Luther screwing it up. But you can't screw up the Holy Spirit, God. So, so really, this sola scriptura, or I mean, the uh, six sola should be the number one. Sola. But I'll have to start out at number six and then I'll promote it as the number one. <laughs> number one. Only walk of the Spirit. Only love others. Yeah. 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 So, uh, maybe I'm the, yeah, whatever. I won't go there. But, uh, so there's Martin Luther making fun of uh, Copernicus, making up new stuff. And yet Martin Luther himself is the king of making up new things like, or, or breaking away from traditions, right? And yet he's, <laughs> he, he doesn't see that irony, or at least I don't think so. Like, yeah, we're just going to break away from 1,500 years of church tradition. And uh, it really probably was only like a 1,000 years because the church didn't start out the way the Roman Catholics want to represent it. And I'm pretty sure the Roman Catholic principles are that Peter was the first pope. And yet now, I mean, my reading of the scriptures, which... That's the thing is the guys in charge in 500 AD, 600, they wanted, they had their power structure set up. The Roman Empire fell, but the church stuck around. And they developed this holy Roman Empire. And not many people could read. It was like the secret, the secret information. They held it, interpreted it the way they want and told you what it said. Now we read it, and I look at it, I go, eh. if I was setting up the Roman Catholic Church, I wouldn't make Peter the first pope. I would make Paul the first pope, because Peter was only speaking to the Jews. So, And Paul, was. it clearly says that Paul was called to speak to the Gentiles, which is what 97% of the earth is. So that's why I call it the great market share. And Paul's like, okay, I'll go to the Gentiles. You guys can do the Jews. And, and yet the Roman Catholic Church hangs on to Peter as the first pope. And they go back to Matthew and the Kedis where he says, upon this rock I will build my church. 
And then they think, oh, that's Peter, infallible. But he is fallible. We know he's fallible. Even after Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church. So he's clearly, argumentatively, one can make the argument that he's fallible. So how can you build an infallible pope on a fallible guy named Peter? You know, just, I don't know, the whole concept of infallibility, like we need one dude <laughs> to speak for. And yet, what do we see in the book? It's like they argued about circumcision. They had differences of opinion, and the church still carried on. It's not about the church. It's about people. It's about faith, love, growth. That's what it's about. And, uh, yeah. So there you go. And we're walking the bud. It's a new decade. It's just another 24 hours, artificially labeled. 2020 because the Jewish calendar has something different, right? It's like 5,000, year 5,000 something. So the idea that this is like ooh, ooh, special 2020, yeah, it's kind of fun to do. I'll, I will ride with it, but it's a, a framework again, and we accept a lot of frameworks and go with it. So yesterday I had a nice conversation with a friend of mine who's being supportive in my mission, so to speak, I call it. And we'll see how it goes. And uh, uh, this dog, I think, had some kind of treatment. He used to have a bigger growl, you know, but I think he's got had some kind of surgery. They, they, they limited his barking somehow. Poor bud. I bet you that dog really wants to growl. He had a nice lion growl before. And he probably had surgery. <laughs> yeah. Instead of like walking your dog and getting them out and just let them bark a little bit. Let's do surgery. And yeah. Yeah. So there we are. 2020. It's, I guess, a good year to, to launch a book, right? 2020. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's a, what's going on today is Wednesday. It's kind of a New Year's Day chill. Not much happens tomorrow or Friday. And, uh, you know, I should probably deep dive into this, read through my book. I'd like more support. I need to get my wife to read through it because I really need her support on the direction it's going. And, uh, yeah. So, what I, today I read about... Um, King Herod, so uh, he got James, the brother of John, and killed him with a sword. And 
I don't think John speaks about that much. Uh, John is the disciple whom Jesus loved, beloved. And he wrote some things, but he didn't really write about his brother getting killed. And, uh, you know, maybe there's a message in there. I don't know. And then he arrested Peter. He's like, hey, that worked. That people like that. <laughs> King Aaron. King Aaron's like, hey, people like that, man. That's cool. I'm going to go arrest Peter now. It's Passover, so we'll put him in prison. And he's probably in prison for a couple of days. And then Herod's like, okay, tomorrow we're going to get Peter out. We're going to kill him too. But an angel comes, lets out Peter. And he's out about. And I'm not sure why this story is in, I think it's Acts 12. But, you know, it's one of the stories. And there's a little connection I found. I'm not sure it's the only connection. But after Peter gets out, he goes to this place. And the famous story about how he knocks on the door. And this woman's like, hey, Peter's at the door. She doesn't let him in. She just goes back and they're like, oh, no, it's got to be his ghost. You know, people are praying for Peter to get out. But he uh, stands at the door, keeps knocking. They finally let him in. And that was the house of John Mark. And the connection was Barnabas and Saul, at the end of the previous chapter, went to Jerusalem with uh, some gifts to help the people in Jerusalem. They were there during this period. And they leave with John Mark. So there's the connection that Luke's telling the story. So you got to remember, if we read, the, a lot of us read the Bible as if it's like got this magic formula in there. And we can just pull verses out and just slap them in to what we feel feels good to us in the moment. But it's actually a history of writing. It's Luke. And Luke really hasn't shown up yet, so this must be his interviews or discussions with Paul. And also, he probably spoke with Peter. I bet you Luke had some time with Peter. But he's writing a story. Luke is, so this is what he chose to uh, include, just like John he made the clear statement. He's like, well, I could have written about a lot of things, but I chose to write about this. And uh, so what do we see about Herod? So like God acted and he got Peter out of prison. Suddenly an angel appeared. So in our lives, uh, God can suddenly do stuff. And certainly, I had a uh, um, I guess you'd say, in simple terms, a brother, someone who shares the faith. And remember, we're all imperfect, and we all have our black slices. So when I commented that you know God takes action and He gets people out of prison. Um, this brother, friend of mine, right of respect, his, his simplification of that was kind of like, well, 
Yeah, Peter and John, the, you know, Paul, they were thrown in prison because they were preaching the gospel. Right? Well, I just, because I'm a contrarian, right? It's like they weren't always thrown in prison because they were, quote unquote, preaching the gospel. Because in this case, right here, I just read it, it was just Herod's, Herod's ego that uh, got Peter in prison. He killed James, and the Jewish people thought it was cool. So Herod's ego was like, well, I'm going to go get Peter. You know. Now, of course, I mean, you can make the argument that, well, yeah, well, Peter was preaching the gospel for the last year, so he's thrown in prison because he's preaching the gospel. But I choose to look at it a little different. I choose to look at it as, no, it was Herod's ego. He killed James. The people, it says right there, the people responded positively to it. So let's arrest Peter. So that's what they did. So although my friend, I respect his faith, of course, and he's a wise person, but he's... Like we all do, we all miss stuff, you know? So I would say, in this case, Peter was actually put in prison because of Herod's ego. And I actually have that confirmed with the context later in the story because the angel gets Peter out and Herod's pissed off. So he has all these soldiers that were supposed to be guarding, guarding Peter executed. Now, there's the classic, like, why does God allow bad things happen to good people? So are those soldiers, were they evil? Did they deserve to be executed? And I'd say no. They didn't deserve to be executed. They were following their orders to guard him. And Herod, being the king... He had the power to have them executed because God acted and got Peter out. So it is, this should cause us to think and ask the question, why does God not love those soldiers that got executed? And I, I believe that God does love those guys. But our definition, because if we frame this life as being the only important thing, then you'd say like, well, that sucks. Those guys got executed. That didn't feel good. But what happened to their souls and their spirits? Did the soldier's life live on? Um, can we incorporate what Paul would later say that he would rather die and be with the Lord, or but if he stays, it means fruitful labor. So, the mathematically, so I guess that's the pull of the flesh in comparison, and we think that this life, the pleasures of this life, and I and I'm susceptible to it as well. I know I, I like pleasure, I like entertainment, I like. 
quote unquote having fun or whatever that is, right? And we do have a lot of freedom and abilities to have fun. As I look at a BMW X3 and the person's driving that, enjoying that BMW X3, we live in an amazing world, you know? What about the sneeze? That Beamer BMW came from Germany, people. But we buy them. We buy Mercedes, Audis, BMWs, Hondas from Japan. Maybe assembled in the U.S. But they're cars. And we put our bodies in these vehicles made of steel, electronics, rubber tires. And we drive around. We drive around uh, with comfort and ease that King Solomon didn't even have. Yeah, so (laughs) a drive to being thankful, gratitude. Where was I going with this? Oh, so the soldiers are executed. That sucks, right? Would you like to be one of those soldiers that was guarding Peter and you had no control over this angel of God who let Peter out. I mean, that would suck being one of those soldiers, right? And and the story goes on that Herod went somewhere and the people were sucking up to him because as they do with the king, right? They were praising him. Like, why would anyone praise the king? It makes me wonder because he's such a jerk, it seems like. Right? But, you know, people were praising him, and it says that God struck Herod down right there and the worms, and he ate him. And uh, so that's the end of King Herod. And, you know, I don't know if that was. God getting even with, getting even with him, or, or what that was, you know, but it happened, and it should shock the the people observing it, it was pretty weird, right, and he goes down, and then we move on, and we observe, and we see soldiers get um, executed, and then the king dying a couple of days later. And then we move on. The story moves on. Hey, bud, let's go. Come on, bud. I don't want to. This is some nice artificial grass. Let's not poop on that grass. Come on. Oh, there's some poop. Not our poop. Are you going to poop there, bud? I'll pick that up then. I'll do double poop duty. I don't know whose poop this is, but I'm going to take it up. I'm such a a great guy. So only the podcast listener will know what a great deed I'm doing here. I'm picking up some other dog's poop on somebody else's lawn just because they should have done it themselves, right?
So let's get it. Here we go. We got somebody else's poop there, people. And, uh, you know, it's just a podcast experience that you get here. Are we up to 800,000 podcasts now? (laughs) This is uh, the best podcast on the planet. And it's New Year's, and we're entering in. Are you scared? Is it a scary time? Should we expect big things? I know that people criticize the the Osteen guy, but I don't, he says some good stuff. You know, I don't know why people can't stand him, but it's it must be the crab mentality. You got to stay in our bucket, but it's absurd to stay in that bucket because it is not God. So I did send an email to the elder that in July was texting me with verses that he shouldn't be trying to apply to me. But he does. And uh, we keep going. So I sent him an olive branch, so to speak. I don't know how he's going to receive it. He said, hey, let's go get coffee. I mean, he did have wedding, a busy fall season. And he stubbornly has chosen to ignore reaching out to me and I suppose I'm, he's assuming that it's up to me to like grovel at his feet and apologize for for something that he thinks. This was interesting because I mean, he seems to be standing on his own misinterpretation of scripture. And uh, there you go. So we're home. And I do have to ask myself, like, where does all this go to? What's what's the point? What do I want? What do I want from you, the listener? Well, I don't want really anything from you. I just want all of us to walk in the Spirit. And that's where God is at, and that's where growth comes from. Hey, bud, hold on. Bud, do not go in. It's not open. The door is not open. So, I mean, wipe off your feet, bud. We're going to wipe off your feet. Yeah, bud. Here, bud. We're going to wipe off your feet. I'm going to go in. Come on. We're going to wipe off your feeties. Get your feet washed. Oh, yeah. Washing bud's feet. That's what they like. There's one. There we go. There's two. We have two more to go. You liking that, bud? We're going to go say goodbye to Alma, who wants to leave soon. And uh, 
Let's see what we got here, bud. Oh, yeah, buds. We got the dust, the Arizona dust, and all that. It's good stuff here. Let me get this other foot. One last one here. And uh, the podcast listeners love hearing about your feet being washed, bud. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, there we go. Oh, we'll let you in. We'll close it out. There you go, bud. Say goodbye to Oma. I'll have to go wash my hands as well. And there we go. Thanks for joining me in the new year. And may we all follow our calling and do what we're here to do. So, um, nice 45 minute start to the year. Grace, we need that grace, mercy, and peace. Until next time, bye.